My dad was born in Poland, raised mostly in the UK, and his favorite holiday was American Thanksgiving. After he emigrated to the U.S. as a young physician, my dad accepted the invitation of a very young nurse to join her family for Thanksgiving, and he never spent another Thanksgiving without her. My dad thought that Thanksgiving was all the good things about holidays, all the good things without the hard parts. Family, fun, food, all the excitement of getting together, without long religious ceremonies, no gift giving, no onerous, detailed expectations. And a few weeks back, we talked here on episode 58 about when our diet is full of, should I eat this? Should I not eat that? What my dad loved about Thanksgiving seemed to him as a guest and a foreigner and a man who never cooked anything ever was that for him, there was no Thanksgiving should. So as the more or less official launch of the holiday season this week here in the U.S., Thanksgiving I wanted to see where this might be for you. Especially if, like me, you're the only one who's vegan or plant-based in your family. Or if you are going to be hanging out with people who sometimes seem to bring out your inner victim or your inner sulking teenager or your inner martyr. It happens. It happens. But what if it were optional? What if beginning this week, this Thanksgiving, this season, that was optional? Because more than anything, this season, I would like to wish you a holiday that is not full of should. Hello, veg heads, veg your besties. Welcome back to Veg Your Best, the plant-based podcast. My name's Michelle Olander. I'm a certified life coach, a practicing vegan, and I'm here every week encouraging you to eat more plants and challenge yourself to set an impossible goal. And here we are, episode 64 episode 64, and we're going to ask if your holidays are full of should. Hi, my friends, and I want to thank you. Thank you for the many messages I've been receiving, especially through Instagram these last couple of weeks. People who listen every week for months now have been telling me they feel like we're friends, and that makes me so happy because I've told you here before that the same is true for me. Lots of the podcasters I have followed totally feel like friends to me. And some of them have actually become my friends face to face, even if only over Zoom calls. But still, it has been a joy. And especially at a time when so many of us have really had to 
had to or chose to curtail our travel and in-person visits, some of these media options like podcasting have given a lot of us a lot of support, a lot of encouragement, and even some positive challenges. So I truly, truly hope that some of you who have received that here from this podcast, especially if you're someone from for whom the idea of living plant-based or vegan is relevant, I truly hope that that mission has been accomplished here and maybe that you will share it with someone else who might use a little bit of encouragement. So because I get messages from my listeners, most of you, it's fair to say, are all over the plant-based map. Some of you are already vegan or have been whole food plant-based, you know, way longer than I have even. Others of you are newer at it or in process or thinking about it. And quite a number of you who reach out to me are struggling with it a little bit. And even those of you who don't struggle with limiting or eliminating animal products day to day, some of you, some of you have mentioned that you're dreading the holidays a little. And I don't know, I think dread is the worst. What do you think? Dread. Because we can pretty easily handle actually a difficult problem, a difficult dinner, an afternoon, a weekend. But dread, dread means that right now, right now, before it's even happened, hours before, days, maybe even weeks ahead of time, we are mentally rehearsing. We're mentally living, anticipating what sister-in-law might do or uncle might say and how we ought to, how we should (laughs) how we should respond, how we should prepare, how we should react, how we should be ready to argue our point this year or stand up for ourselves finally. That's how you know that your holiday is full of should. And it, it's unquestionably exhausting. I get it. I'm an introvert by most any definition of the word. And I have definitely had this experience, this experience of I guess you'd say feeling depleted and exhausted just by thinking about being with people or a certain group of people. And that, folks, that, I'd like to suggest that that is the power and the beauty of the human mind. Things that have not even happened yet can be anticipated and felt and experienced internally. That's why we as humans are so uniquely capable of creating art, of engineering bridges, of marketing, of marketing toothpaste, of inventing a whole new category of plant-based milks that fill a grocery aisle. We're capable of committing to a partner or raising children and puppies because we can think and feel and visualize things that don't even currently exist. And we build our future first and foremost from our thoughts. But unfortunately, we can also build anxious, unpleasant future experiences with our thoughts long before that occasion even happens. 
and some of you will probably be recognizing yourselves more or less in this scenario. And I know that for those of you who show up at a holiday gathering where people may not already know and respect that you're vegan or vegetarian, you may be having some anxiety about how this is going to go, how your choices are going to be received, what people will say, how it will play out in the buffet line or at table, or when you have to ask what ingredient is in something somebody made, or when you have to decline something somebody offers you. Because yes, when you change something about yourself, something about the way you show up, what you do, your choices, people sometimes have reactions. You know, I was very uncomfortable at the beginning of my vegan journey with groups. I really did not want to answer questions about why. I did not want to respond to comments like, does it make you sick to see me eat this? (laughs) Or, you know, that's not natural, right? Or, you know, that's just disordered eating. Or even sort of friendly things like, you know, if I live the way you do, I could eat that way, but I couldn't, not with my family or job or spouse or travel schedule, etc. I was uncomfortable because in some groups, in some groups, I thought I should have answers, that I should be prepared, that I should have the facts about the nutrition or factory farming or environmental impact. I thought that I should be able to sell my choices in some way or defend my choices. And I also thought that I should be very compassionate that sometimes people would be feeling really judged about the change I was making, that I was judging the changes that they weren't making. I also thought maybe I should be bringing vegan food that people will really like so that the food won't be discounted, the diet wouldn't be discounted, I wouldn't be made fun of. And I thought, oh, I need to, I need to do more to make it seem like a positive, natural choice. And that's what I mean about your holiday, being full of should. Because if I'm mentally tap dancing around my imagined holiday minefield of comments and jokes or ignorance or perceived passive aggression before I even get to Thanksgiving, before I've even loaded the car, I'm using that amazing capacity, that brilliant part of my human brain to create anxiety and to create lack of connection and to create judgment of others rather than creating something beautiful. So at the very beginning, I talked about how my father's favorite holiday was Thanksgiving. And it was his favorite because you know what? (laughs) He just showed up. He just showed up, usually in an Irish sweater, chinos and loafers, ready to love everyone he loved and tolerate the ones he didn't. For him, Thanksgiving was honestly, usually as simple as that. And did things go wrong sometimes? 
<laughs> did tempers flare? Did people end up pouting or complaining? Did dogs eat the pies on the side table? Did kids cry or tantrum? Did things break? Did someone occasionally say something so historically inaccurate that my dad was forced to draw a map on the back of an envelope in excruciating detail to explain how so-and-so was wrong? Yes, that all happened. And I like to remind myself that when things I don't like happen and I find myself thinking that shouldn't have happened, that it's just arguing with reality. Major waste of time. Major waste of time and energy. Yeah, maybe there are consequences I'll need to deal with. Maybe there aren't. But thinking that shouldn't have happened, they shouldn't have done that or said that when it's just reality. Well, if you've read Byron Katie, you probably know she says, when you argue with reality, you lose, but only 100% of the time. And I'll be honest, that took me a while to get my head around. And I still think sometimes that if I have enough outraged and reasoned thoughts about why so-and-so should not have done that or said that or reacted that way, sometimes I still think mm, that could make a difference. <laughs> so I still, I still try arguing with reality sometimes for a bit. And so far, I've come to the conclusion that Byron Katie is still right. When I argue with reality, I lose. I lose time. I lose energy. I lose opportunity and creativity and receptivity to ideas of what should have happened and what should not have happened. And that's just allowing my holiday, my family, some gathering I'm at to be full of should. Now you can do what you want, whatever you want. You can think and feel what you want this holiday and every day about the people you spend time with. But if any of this resonates with you, if you feel like your brain may be hijacking your experiences and your family interactions with a lot of should, the good news is you don't actually need to do anything. You don't need to change who you've been or drop your standards or believe anything you don't believe, but you could just notice when your brain is full of should. You could just get curious about how there is a lot of should between you and your sibling or between you and your mother-in-law. As a mother-in-law to three people, I know this is utterly ridiculous, but I am just including the concept for giggles. There is some stereotype out there that mothers-in-law are tricky. Nonsense. But if there is a lot of should between you and someone, and if you're dreading an upcoming event, remember, they can't remove it. Only you can. Only you can remove the should, and the way to remove it is to just notice when you're doing it. 
Notice when you're shoveling all that should into your relationship with someone. You don't have to like anything you don't like. But, but, thought experiment. What if they didn't have to change at all for you to feel better and have more fun and enjoy the people and things that you love? And I'm suggesting that it's possible for you. Believe me, that low-level hum of they should be different, that feeling That thought really gets in the way of showing up the way you want to and being the person you want to be and connecting with people you want to connect with. So indulge me for another minute this Thanksgiving and maybe, maybe visualize with me my dad. My dad, because I began this episode today telling you that Thanksgiving was his favorite holiday. So it's even a little hard for me to visualize sometimes, but he was a Polish boy displaced and homeless during the Second World War, escaping age six from Poland through Romania, Italy, France, Spain, Portugal, along with his mom. Finally, they secured a berth on a ship from Lisbon, via Gibraltar to the UK, a ship that survived being under torpedo attack, and then finally making it to England and being reunited with my grandfather, his father, who they didn't even know for sure was alive. But my grandfather was a colonel, a liaison officer with the Polish Air Force flying out of Britain with the RAF. Learning to speak English in boarding schools, after around age eight, carrying a gas mask to classes for the rest of the war, becoming a physician, moving to the U.S., and suddenly, age 26, eating Thanksgiving dinner with a house full of swamp Yankees in rural Rhode Island who didn't understand anything about his life. Didn't understand anything about his culture, his language, his accent, his funny last name with four consonants and two vowels, his family history, or even his career as a psychiatrist. And Thanksgiving became his favorite holiday for the rest of his life because he showed up that day, I think, with a very simple mission, ready to love the people he loved and tolerate the people he didn't. No should. No should there. So, wishing All of you who gather with family this week, a little patience and a little fascination with your brains. Our human brains that completely color our experiences. Do you know that quote by John Milton? The mind is its own place and in itself can make a heaven of hell or a hell of heaven. I'm just going to read it one more time in case Your attention was wandering, and I don't want you to miss John Milton. You can miss the rest of it, but don't miss John Milton. The mind is its own place, and in itself can make a heaven of hell or a hell of heaven. So this week, let's start. Let's start right now with whatever holiday or gathering is up next 
for you. And noticing, noticing when we're mentally adding a lot of holiday should. And believe me, that's all you need to do. Just noticing when we do it starts to change everything. And if right now you're feeling like the last weeks of 2021, including the holidays, are not going well for your plant-based eating and your vegan choices, I know it can feel like too much. And I know it can feel like one more thing. But coaching helps. It can really, really help. And it can help you take care of yourself and see solutions that get buried under all that should. So if that's you, book yourself into my calendar or email me or reach out on Instagram. I've got you. Happy Thanksgiving. Veg Your Best podcast production, music, and editing by Charlie Weinshank. Thanks, Charlie. Before you go, it would mean so much to me and the Veg Your Best team if you would hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, or share with someone you think might be interested. Something about algorithms, it helps bump us up a little in the rankings, and that's the best way to help others find the podcast and for us to find our audience. So until next week, make it easy and veg your best.